This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. I'm Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law, host of In Legal Terms. If you're enjoying this podcast, I encourage you to listen to In Legal Terms, the show about you and your rights. We find interesting legal topics to bring to you and let you know how the law affects you. Find In Legal Terms on any podcasting platform on your smart device or on our website, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. He's a chartered financial analyst and also holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. we got a fun show for you today. It's our Drive Time Show. We'll be sharing opinions on fees that are simply ridiculous to pay. In addition to saving you money, we'll be telling you how you can support Mississippi Public Broadcasting for the love of Mississippi. We're not taking your phone calls this morning on Money Talks. Instead, we'd like for you to call and make a contribution to support all the programs on MPB Think Radio. That number is 1-888-372-GIVE. It's 888-372-4483. You can make a digital contribution at mpbonline.org. So good morning, Ryder. What uh, financial news would you like to share this morning? Good morning, Kevin. So today, uh, well, yesterday was the first day of the new quarter. Of course, that means the quarter ended uh, at the end of September. And the S&P 500 was down about 23, 24% for the year. So this is is down quite a lot. We've discussed the market a lot this year. But I just want to kind of look back at it since we had a quarter end. Um, why were stocks down so much? Things we've talked about this year, inflation and higher interest rates. So those are two things. The higher interest rates, that means money is more expensive, right? If you're getting a loan, the cost of that loan is the interest rate. Uh, Stocks are also, that's money for businesses. If they are selling their stock, they are using that selling stock to get dollars, to get money. So Stocks also represent a cost of money, and for them, it is getting a little more expensive. That's the stock market declining. So you kind of expect to see a little bit of that volatility. Again, this year, it's been particularly harsh, a little surprisingly. And you expect them to make it up with higher profits in the long run. And that is what we're seeing with a lot of the inflation, of course, how it filters through towards uh, households and company profits. It varies because it's not just all prices increasing on the same day at the same time. Some costs go up, then companies raise some prices, some more costs go up. And eventually that kind of battle of managing revenues and expenses kind of plays out. Things normalize. Prices are a little higher, but everyone's getting paid a little more and is kind of used to it. Uh, since the end of the quarter, in the past, uh, less less than one, well, less than two trading days. I mean, we're one one trading day and about mm, thirty eight minutes in. Uh, the S and P five hundred is already up about five percent off of its lows. So this is also kind of surprising. This is a pretty big move. Uh, last week was particularly bad and ended with a low of the year. So it's not surprising that some folks came in bargain hunting. If you had sold stocks a couple weeks ago, then you're buying back at lower prices. So. It is it is it is a fool's errand to try to predict or say or describe every single move in the market. But 
we can look at these big general moves and kind of say that a lot of the move down is because that higher cost of capital and as companies are adjusting then investors are also reacting to that and we don't know if this is the beginning of a sustained rally we've had a we've had some had some sharp upwards movements so far this year but they've all ended up back where we are now this is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. The website Lifehacker recently had an article about fees you should never pay. So this morning, Ryder and I are going to talk about some of those fees. And if we help you save some money, consider contributing some of that to support Mississippi Public Broadcasting. All right, first, it's uh, Coinstar fees. Ryder, how can we avoid the fee when we turn our coins in at the grocery store? Yeah, so the Coinstar machines are really cool. I always love uh, the sound of people dumping a bucket of <laughs> pennies into those. It's like, hey, hey, you got $5. Uh, it's kind of fun to see. But they do charge a pretty steep fee. I want to say it's about 7 to 10% of, of what you have. They do have gift card options. They can be limited, but you might end up getting the full amount of the gift card. So I always caution when you're doing something like that. Don't just think, oh, I might use this XYZ gift card. If you're in the grocery store, if you're in, for instance, a Kroger and you are getting a gift card out of it, if they have a Kroger gift card, you are obviously going to be using that really soon. So you get something that you know you're going to use because saving that 7% fee is great, but then... If you get all of it, 100% of it, in a gift card that you forget to use, then you've just lost way more money than that 7%, and you may as well have given it to MPB. Hey, when you go to a Coinstar, can you just choose to give your money to MPB? And is somebody working on that today? Is, <laughs> that's are a we good working idea. on that? All right. All right. Let's, that's a free idea for you. I see Jason over there. He better have heard that. <laughs> Ryder is always thinking. Uh, so I guess the bank is an option, although we were chatting before we came on the air. Banks used to do this and now they don't right so this is weird and i i'll be honest i have not walked into a physical bank in years uh the last time i made a deposit or a withdrawal was uh i know i know that dead space is bad for radio but it has been a long time it's maybe 10 years or more since i actually walked into a bank to do a transaction with actual money uh and back then back in those dark ages they would take your pennies and co all your coins and they did not want you to roll them mm -hmm. we were just discussing this they did not want you to roll them because how are they to know if you actually put 50 pennies in the roll or 48 or however many you a roll of quarters is like 10 or 20 dollars mm -hmm. you can you can take a dollar out of that pretty easily uh so they just ran that through their coin counter and just deposited it they didn't count it for you they didn't roll it for you they just they just took it and deposit it for you so i don't know if that is still done but uh rolling your own quarters and coins you know that might be something making it easier to deposit making it easier to exchange for for dollars there i know that we've got a <coughs> Uh, something saying that some people say oh get a, just get a coin counter uh it depends on how many coins you're actually counting. I don't know that people are really counting that many coins anymore, so it may not be worth it to actually buy your own coin counter. I, this just used to be a bigger thing. We used to have a lot more coins. I still have a bucket of coins that I'd add like two pennies in every time, but it's been years since I added anything significant to it, so it's it's not... 
I don't know. Coins just, they're not where the money's at anymore, Kevin. Well, you know, I, I had a coin sort of years ago, and it worked fairly well. But as I was, uh, we again, we were chatting before we came on the air. Uh, eventually, the dirt of the coins got to where the it kind of mm -hmm. gummed it up. And so the coin would kind of get halfway down the little spiral thingy and then just stop. Mm -hmm. Plus, uh, the dimes and pennies uh, got mixed up uh, a little bit. And, you know, if it's uh, if it if it's a dime going in the penny thing, that you're you're cheating yourself nine cents there. Mm -hmm. So uh, Coins are just more of a novelty. I think if you're trying to get rid of coins, uh, save them for the Salvation Army bell ringers outside of the grocery store this holiday season. Put them in your church offering plate or any sort of thing like that. Or just make a concerted effort to pile them up and spend them next time you go to the grocery store. Well, you know, that thing you were saying you like the, the sound of the coins, which I do as well. But in a bank, I love the the dollar bill counter that little brrr, when they're counting up uh, oh yeah I, I never I, had that many bills I, to I count, love it when they're counting my bills out too <laughs> Kevin that's yeah let's you and I we'll go to the bank one day and just listen to our money being counted just just tell them oh, run it through again for me one time and uh, one thing I do with change is I keep it in my car because mm -hmm. and this I wonder if I'm I hope I'm not the only person but I don't like breaking bills and so if I can give mm. someone in a drive-through exact change and get a bill back I, that's it's psychological but I think I yeah. like that better. That can be nice because not only do you give away a few pennies, but you also make sure you don't get 97 cents <laughs> worth of change. All right. Uh, next on the list, ATM fees. That's another type of fee that we shouldn't be paying. And this mm -hmm. is something I think that's kind of evolved over the years. It seems like when ATMs first came out, the fees were more prevalent. Yeah. So, and, and keep in mind, your bank can have a fee on it. The bank that runs the ATM may have a fee on it. Some of them are private ATMs, which may have multiple fees on it. We're accessing a network plus using their fee, and they can they can add up. So uh, these days, there are enough options on your banks, internet banks especially. I have mentioned that banks like, uh, oftentimes, internet-only banks will not charge ATM fees and will even refund ATM fees. Uh, folks often ask me for a specific bank. I use Charles Schwab Bank, and they do refund any ATM fees. They just kind of add it all up and put it back in your account at the end of the month. It's, it's very simple. It's very good. I don't have to worry about that. Um, check asking your bank to re refund fees or seeing if they have a specific account that does refund those fees is a good way to avoid fees, uh, period. Uh, be, being mindful of the ATM you're going to. If you're going just you know, downtown and you need to run by an ATM, if your bank is down there, go there because they're not going to charge you a fee for using their own ATM. And, of course, if you're out shopping anyway, a lot of stores will do cash back. Of course, if you're buying something just for that cash back, that is probably not. If you're spending $10 to get $20 in cash back, that is definitely not worth it. Uh, just go deal with the $2.50 ATM fee uh, around the corner. So uh, always watch out for, for when you are thinking, oh, I'll get cash back. Make sure it's something you actually were going to buy anyway. Uh, a friend of mine works at a place where instead of a paycheck, he gets his money deposited on a on a debit card. And when he first started working there, we were going around, and his card was not working in any of the ATM machines. And mm -hmm. so, actually, found out that the cashback option was the better deal because it's. Mm -hmm. I mean, they do charge, but it's it's mm -hmm. fairly reasonable. So that is that is a good option uh, if you're looking for something. So, mm -hmm. is there? 
a legitimate reason for banks charging an ATM fee? I mean, is it really extra work, extra whatever that they have to no. put out? Okay. No, I mean, it's a little puzzling because it does, it, it's, it is super convenient for customers, so they can get away with it, right? And a lot of ATM withdrawals are happening outside of business hours when someone wouldn't have been able to go to the ATM. So they're charging you a couple dollars for convenience. And if you're withdrawing a large amount of cash, that may make sense. If you're withdrawing $20 and there's a $5 fee, that's 25%. That's crazy. If you're withdrawing $100 and there's a $5 fee, it's 5%. Still a huge fee. But if you needed that $100 in cash and there's no other way and it was after hours, then absolutely. They're charging because they can get away with it. Obviously, they do have to pay for that ATM, but it's I, I, and I don't know the ratio of you know, how much that costs versus employing somebody and having a building, but having the building is way more expensive, guys. All right, one more before our first break. Credit report fees. When we all, if you've listened to this show, you know you can get one for free. Yes, don't pay for a credit report. There are services that offer to monitor your credit reports. There are services that offer to monitor those things for you and give you alerts. They're not doing anything that you cannot do. Some people do want those for the convenience. They are not doing anything that you cannot do on your own. By law, all three major credit reporting agencies, that's Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion, they have to offer you a free report every year. You can go to annualcreditreport.com or you can go directly to their websites, but annualcreditreport.com is kind of a joint website. It'll very easy walk you through the process. You can get that you can get that uh, report there. If you have a credit card, some banks off also offer it just along with you already being a customer. They'll have some credit monitoring. They may have it, most of the ones I've seen are pretty basic. You just kind of get an alert every month saying, oh, your credit lines are this, or oh, you opened one more credit card. They're not necessarily giving you the level of detail that a credit report will give you, uh, but they have a, it's a very useful monitoring service just to keep on top of it. Uh, and uh, remember, one of our regular suggestions has been take advantage of getting that uh, free credit report just to see that uh, everything is kosher on there and there's no uh, uh, incorrect information that would need to be fixed. Kevin Farrell here. Money Talks is brought to you by MPB listeners who are also supporters because this is radio for the community, supported by the community. It's our fall on-air fundraising campaign. We're asking you to give now for the love of Mississippi. Call 888-372-4483 or you can do your part online at mpbonline.org. Information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. You're listening to Money Talks. Our website, moneytalks.mpbonline.org, is one way to hear past broadcasts. You can also download the MPB Public Media app and listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. 
Recently, the website Lifehacker had an article about fees you should never pay. So today we're talking about those fees. And if Money Talks helps you save some cash, consider contributing that amount to support Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We're not taking your phone calls today, but we are asking you to call this number to make a contribution, one 888 372-4483. So, Ryder, sometimes people get hit with credit card late fees, and this one sounds like an easy one to avoid. Yeah, pay your credit card on time. I know, easier said than done. It's so easy for many reasons to forget to pay your credit card. I'm a big fan of setting things up on an automatic payment. Now, setting it up on an automatic payment is no excuse for being ignorant of what your balance is. Because you'll need to know that. If you know, okay, my card payment comes out on the 15th of every month, you need to check maybe a week or so before what's that payment going to be and make sure the money is in your account. Uh, so just you always just have a general level of awareness of what those numbers are. Make sure that's not going to be an issue. Because just as well, you don't want to save $25 by not having a late fee and then turn around and have a $35 overdraft fee on your bank because you forgot to transfer money over or just the way that the days and weeks aligned, your paycheck came a day late or something like that. So automatic payments are great, but that is not where it ends. Um, if this is your first late fee, Call the credit card company. They usually will be pretty generous if you're able to make that payment, if it's your first time waiving that, or if it's been just a while since you had a late fee waiving that. They would rather have your payment than your late fees. Uh, and of course, of course, of course, try to keep that card paid off if you have regular payments because you are still carrying a balance. Uh, do try to pay that off that interest is going to be very expensive if you have so for instance if you have a 25 percent uh percent interest on there then if you have a just a mere hundred dollars that's going to rack up a couple dollars every month that's 25 dollars in the year uh you would you would rather just get that paid off uh if your balance is much higher than those that interest can be really punitive in a way that those makes those late fees look tiny uh, and, you know, I think one reason why it's important to keep your credit cards uh, up to date and not hit these late fees is the, because that is one of the major things that your credit score is determined by is, is uh, paying on time. Mm -hmm. And also, I think uh, if you limit the number of credit cards you have, I think it's obviously easier for you to remember mm -hmm. to pay on time. So Yeah, so and that goes along with just having that general awareness of where your balances are. If you're trying to keep track of six or seven cards, that's going to be a lot more difficult to keep track of than just one or two. So uh, speaking of credit cards, this was kind of cool. Just wanted to share this. Got an, uh, an email the other day. It says, happy anniversary. You've been a Sears MasterCard from City card member for 37 years. Sears. Well, is, that shows you how old they <laughs> are. We getting the Sears catalog still? Is that how, well, do, how, how does this work, Kevin? I mean, I've never I don't. What, do, is, do we have a Sears? Where does Sears still exist? We get Amazon catalog now, but the, the, the shows, <laughs> shows you how old I am. But this was the first credit card I ever got. 
and again to date myself i used it to buy a vcr so <laughs> fantastic we had yesterday's technology fantastic. from a yesterday's retailer <laughs> no that's really impressive and that's a great uh illustration of the importance of keeping a card open so a lot of times people say keep your oldest card open that it has obviously the the largest number of years the the age of your credit does matter in your credit score it's not a huge part but that's why keeping that card that's been open the longest uh, keeping that open is is really useful because of course that just kind of weights the average and, and makes it look like you've had credit for a lot longer and that's that's awesome but i mean sears well it's a sears mastercard now so <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next on our list is you are an, an investment advisor. What about account maintenance fees? Yes. Yeah, so there are all sorts of fees with brokerage accounts, uh, managed accounts, mutual fund accounts, uh, even bank accounts will have annual fees, monthly fees, things like that. So that does depend on your broker. There are a lot of places that still do charge some minimal account fee just for keeping the account open. And it's important to know kind of who are all of the parties involved in your account. So a lot of these smaller fees are charged by the custodian, and that's the very large company or bank or brokerage that is backing up your account. And so we've discussed we things like TD Ameritrade and Schwab, uh, Fidelity, Vanguard. These are very large brokerages and custodians. Um, LPL is a large brokerage. A lot of banks will kind of plug into them. And those are the custodians. Those are the entities that may be charging they just have kind of a list of just some fees that they charge to keep those accounts open etc the larger discount brokerages uh, fidelity schwab td ameritrade they tend to have fewer fees and charge less one fee that is very common that most people won't let you get out of is an account closing fee uh, often see it in the 25 to 50 range although really unfortunately i've seen those get even higher uh, i feel like maybe more recently people have raised those I will say if, if you are at a brokerage that charges maybe a high annual fee or even a monthly fee, a lot of banks do uh, their fees monthly, it's very easy to transfer accounts to somewhere else. Brokerages are happy to have your business, and they have a system that works between brokers. It's called the ACAT system. Don't ask me what that stands for. Uh, it's very client-friendly. So you go to one broker, you say, hey, uh, I have an account at Fidelity. I would like to move it to Schwab. They make it super easy to plug in your information, and that account moves quickly, seamlessly, in kind. Everything moves over. The old broker, again, will often charge an account closing fee, but that's pretty much it. If, if you're going for lower fees on the other end, then that can be worth it. So those opening, closing, and annual fees, they may get waived for various reasons. If you have an investment advisor, talk with them about that. Uh, uh, talk with the custodian. There's various reasons they can waive those. You know, maybe your account is very small, and it's you know, really tearing that account down. Uh, maybe your account is very large, and you're a valuable client to them, and they just want to do that because they appreciate you. So you can contact your bank or financial advisor and ask them about getting rid of that fee. So you mentioned how competitive this is. So uh, two things. Would you, you certainly, I would think, 
look around, shop around mm -hmm. to see what the fees are. But also, again, you could possibly use it as leverage as if, well, if I have to pay this fee, I might need to go somewhere else. That's correct, because th they know that these fees are out there. They know that these lower fees, they know that people are offering promotions out there. So they know they do have to compete to, to, to stay there. Um, they And they, they probably have some standards for when, under what conditions they're going to waive those. But it's one of those cases where it does not hurt to ask. Uh, and, 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 of course, there are some things you can do to minimize those things. Oftentimes, we'll see people with multiple accounts that they may not actually need. Maybe they have, because they rolled over over the years, they rolled over 401ks from different jobs, and they just, the way they did it, they just opened up a new IRA every time when they could have consolidated it down into one IRA or they opened up multiple individual accounts because they were doing in their mental accounting they're saying oh this is my vacation money and this is my long-term money and this is my XYZ money and so maybe they have just accounts that they don't need and say you have 10 accounts out there and you really only needed three then you could save just by consolidating and closing some of those accounts and again a lot of people will have accounts with multiple brokers multiple custodians just again for all different reasons you just didn't clean it up through the years so consolidating with one broker one custodian one advisor may also give you an opportunity to save on fees certainly for someone who's looking at retirement or who's looking to take their hands off of their the managing their own money and having someone else do it that's going to be very useful anyway uh and so that's going to be something that an advisor can help you do consolidation simplification and saving money all in one fell swoop and, and usually if you bargain to get rid of these fees well that that will be something not just for this month but that should be something that's ongoing you can certainly try yes absolutely uh, a lot of times there'll be maybe a one-time fee for some account opening or some transfer or some action and and you would just want to get that fee waived all at once one very common is wire fees if you are buying a house and you have to wire some money out your bank may charge you some money for that it's a one-time fee you're not going to be doing it much just ask them to waive that fee that one time uh, that's often a pretty fruitful thing those one-time fees are a lot often very easy to waive uh, and I also I would say that uh, if you if you talk to someone, maybe get their name and, and write mm -hmm. down exactly what they said that you're going to get to follow through that it might uh, make sure that it uh, it does. You know, I a couple of credit cards once I sent a payment in and there was an interest that I didn't quite figure out properly. And I'm, I'm stuck with a, a balance of like 10 cents and they won't let me wave. And so it's like they won't I, let you pay that off. Well, no, they won't wave mail, it. Mail them a check for <laughs> mail them well, a check the for 10 cents. I'm, I'm, I don't want to get uh, um, a late fee. And I don't know if they would charge a late fee for 10 cents, but I don't want to try to find out. So actually what I've done is going the other way. So now several of my credit cards have a plus balance of like 12 cents. Oh, 12 so. cents rolling in it. <laughs> um, yeah, ab absolutely. Okay, uh, the next one on the list uh, would be fees associated to mortgages. So what do you have to say about that? Yeah, so one, like I just said, if you're wiring to pay a mortgage or especially for a down payment for a closing or something, ask your bank about waiving those wire fees. That is something that very often has a fee, but because it is a manual process, there is a person who has to go and type that information in and they have to get paid. But for a large bank, it's not really a problem to waive that. So mortgages and mortgage closings, there will be fees involved. 
period. Uh, there will be appraisers involved. There will be underwriting fees. There might be a fee to lock in your rate. There may be some processing fees. Whenever you are looking, and, and we talk about this all the time, when, whenever we're talking about mortgages, whenever you are looking at getting a mortgage, ask more than one banker. Ask them very clearly what are all of their fees because they will be able to tell you most of those dollar fees and what they are. And so there can be some drastic differences between those. Uh, mortgages are a very competitive market as well. And so most of your, at a certain point, most banks are going to be giving you the same deal on the mortgage. Although, of course, compare that. If someone is giving you you know, a quarter of a percent better interest rate, that's going to be, I would even pay a couple of dollars extra fees to get a, a lower interest rate. So comparing those fees between multiple uh, banks, because that's a large part of how they make their money and check the total cost of mortgage. So get an itemized list of fees and get the total cost. So what is my payment going to be? What is my total interest over the life of the loan? And what are all those fees that I have to pay up front? All right. A couple of takeaways. Uh, keep in mind your balance and that sort of thing. Know what uh, the situation is with your, your credit cards, etc. And also, as we said, don't be afraid to ask. All right. Thanks for listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio and for choosing MPB as your station for news and ideas. It means a lot to us and to the community at large that a nonprofit station like MPB can thrive in such a crowded media landscape. You help make that happen through your contribution. Money Talks is MPB Think Radio's personal finance broadcast. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. He's a chartered financial analyst and holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. If Money Talks has helped you save some cash, consider contributing that amount to support Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We're not taking your phone calls today, but we are encouraging you to call another number, the one that where you make your contribution. That number is 1-888-372-4483. The website Lifehacker recently had an article about fees you should never pay, and so we're talking with Ryder this morning about his opinion on some of these fees. We've got another bank fee here, Ryder, and much like the um, late payment on your credit card, this one seems easy enough to avoid, and it is an overdraft fee. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> so here's – nobody likes bank fees and, because it costs them money, Right. Uh, I really don't like bank fees because here's just the overall concept of how a bank works. You give them money. You just you just take money and you give it to them. And they take that money, they pay you a little bit of interest, and then they turn around and they lend it out. So right now, we're looking at banks are paying, I don't know, 1% on uh, – what, what's, what's, your, what's your interest rate these days, Kevin? I think it's – it's not quite two, but it's, it's not quite two. Let's let's round up for you. Let's say Kevin's getting two percent on his bank. Well, his bank is turning around and lending it out. And mortgages, they're lending it out at seven percent. They're already making five percent off of your money. What do they want another five bucks for? Uh, so if you 
shop around at banks. And I know people are very loath to change banks. Oh, this bill pay comes from there. This bill pay comes from there. It can be a little difficult to float that first month sometimes when you do make that change, but it can often be worth it. Find a bank that doesn't have overdraft fees. Find a bank that does not have annual account fees. Uh, because if there's if you're going to have to keep asking your bank to stop charging you these fees, it's going to get old really fast. You're going to forget to do it. You're going to have a lot of fees racked up. Uh, often they'll offer an overdraft protection look into the fine print see how much they're charging you every time you use that because again banks will if they if they are getting paid for overdraft they will line up your transactions such that you overdraft more than not uh that's that's common you see that all the time if you call them and talk to them they'll say well of course we didn't that's just the order the transactions came in and it's not that's not true they're lining it up uh to make money off of you um Sometimes they'll offer to link a savings account or link an outside account, link some other account that has money uh, to your checking account so you don't have overdrafts. Uh, another way, especially if you do keep a checking and savings at the same place and maybe they don't offer that, just, just do keep more money in your checking account. Don't think of your checking balance as that higher balance, but just keep an extra pad in your checking account so you know that that is there. That's just the DIY overdraft protection for you. Um, using low balance alerts uh, we talk about the usefulness of uh, alerts i like it just so i'm always aware of my spending always aware of my balance level so i kind of just kind of a, a finger on the pulse of where my where my dollars are so that can be very useful you can say okay give me an alert when my balance goes below this amount i use it on my credit card so i know when my balance goes above a certain amount so i know when i'm hitting about too much money spent for the month um so low balance alerts can help remind you where you are and also alerts you to unusual activity. There may have been a bill that came through that was more expensive than you expected, and that would just be a good alert to go check on that, which is just another good habit to be in. Uh, one of the things like that I like is uh, on my bill pay is that um, if you suddenly pay a lot more than you've paid in previous, it actually first says, uh, hey, you're mm. paying a heck of a lot more than you usually do. And with a credit card, a lot of times, if you haven't used it and then you're paying off a balance, that's the case. But it does help because I do remember several years ago, I added a zero to the amount that I paid on my credit card. Oh. And it was like 250 oh. versus 20. It wasn't that bad, but it was, it was like, oh, my goodness. Uh, so <laughs> fortunately, that got reversed quickly enough. But uh, had I had that little alert, it would have said, do you really want to give that much money to what, those people? What is a decimal place amongst <laughs> friends? That's why, like, I, I I was I was paying some friends back. We split groceries the other day and uh, paying them back on uh, Venmo or PayPal. And and you, you do go through like two or three verifications. Like th this is the right amount, and then you have to press a big button that says "Pay them X dollars." <laughs> and I was like, I'll look at that number, make sure there's not an extra decimal place or or. A missing one you know if you paid someone 250 when they were expecting 25 dollars <laughs> they they might not tell you immediately but they're gonna wonder why is kevin why is kevin being so stingy he owes me 25 bucks <laughs> you know i thought that some banks had actually changed the that habit of, of let's put the things here line them up so that you get overdraft but because i think also this uh, this is another competitive area where i think some of these banks are doing this in order to hey we want to lure you in as a customer because mm -hmm. as you said once they get our money then they can loan it out mm -hmm. for other purposes yeah so i i will say though i'll i always try to emphasize how i'm not gonna say easy but how not difficult it is to change banks it is but 
but every time I have never spoken with someone who's just like, yeah, changing banks is easy. I, everyone I, I, I speak to, even people who, who are always looking for the best online savings rate and always opening up an, a new online bank to get the best savings rate. They're always like, oh, well, I'm stuck with XYZ uh, bank account because it's the one my mother opened for me when I got my first job when I was 14. And I just can't change it because there's this bill on it and it's just terrible and they charge me $10 a month and I hate it, but it's where my paycheck goes. It's like you open a bank account every single month. Like you can do this. Um, it's really not that hard how with what with how uh, money transfers work. And again, on this one, it's easy to avoid. Keep a closer uh, track of how much money you Absolutely. have in your account. Absolutely. All right. Next on the list is utility card processing fees. So this is like mm. if you pay online, maybe your power bill yeah. or something, they tack on an extra charge. Yeah. That, and that's very common now, uh, charging for using a credit card. A lot of times they'll have an option to set up using directly going to your bank, which I, I don't love that. I like being able to pass things through a credit card because it is passing it through a third party. It gives me extra time to review my expenses, and also it is a level of protection if somebody gets a hold of that payment information. Again, if I have given them American Express's information, then they can get American Express's money, not my money. If I give them my information, they can get my money. Uh, and American Express is going to be much better at monitoring this than either I or my local bank is going to be. But yes, uh, utility providers, uh, electronic bill pay, uh, paying using an ACH transfer from your bank, those do make it cheaper. But like I said, with the credit card bills, don't use those automatic payments as a reason to not know what's going on. You can have a high bill. We're heading into winter is coming, folks, and gas prices. Uh, so uh, natural gas prices are much higher this year than they were last year. I believe last year they were even a little higher than the previous year. So so your gas bill, just, just beware. And of course, it could just be a cold winter and you don't even notice, but your your heating runs more often than usual. You wouldn't necessarily notice that, but that can make those higher bills that maybe you just weren't expecting, didn't have the money lined up for. So uh, d ignorance of your bill amount is no excuse. Uh, hey, I want to jump in. This is producer Liz, and I know we're talking about reducing fees, but just what you said, we got the water bill. Mm. Holy smokes, it was three times as much. Mm -hmm. And while I live in Jackson, I thought, oh, they're gouging me. But then we no, kind of like... we voted for that increase. <laughs> but then we went around and we found an outside spigot that sounded like it was running. Oh, and that's a good reminder, we, yeah. You know, turned off uh, the water and then the sound stopped. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I see a plumber in our future. <laughs> yeah, that one time. Uh, now, a plumber can be expensive. Having just called one a couple months ago, a uh, plumber can be expensive, but it can save you money in the long haul. And uh, for, so watching for leaks, that's a great point. If you have a higher water bill uh, there, you can also see on your meter. Often there will be a small dial that you may see spinning if there is water running. So you go through the house, you think everything's shut off. You're not running a load of laundry, then go look at that just to make sure you don't have any leaks because sometimes the leaks can be hidden. They can be under your house. They can be under your yard, uh, and you want to make sure you do not have those. So, again, on this one, if you use that credit card, is this just a way for them to – I mean, is, do you think it's a legitimate charge? 
for the uh, utility company. So yeah, any company who is running expenses through a credit card, they do have fees associated with that processing. And in particular with utilities, especially the kind of public, highly regulated utilities, they have pretty strict rules on how they charge you and, and how they raise their rates. So if they have a 2% processing fee, that cuts into their very limited uh, publicly regulated profit margin. So that's one of the things they are allowed to tack on top. So they will do that. So uh, if you, it, it, credit cards offer us convenience, but they are a cost for the folks who run them. So just like we we're talking, we've even seen restaurants that charge a credit card fee. Sometimes you see gas stations or small stores that charge a credit card fee. It's not that unusual uh, because that, again, credit cards, very convenient. That's convenience is valuable to us, but someone's got to pay for that somehow. Well, and again, I think because the credit card industry, as it were, has gotten so competitive, I would hope that that would be one of those that maybe, and again, I don't know, this is me against the world, the little man against the world, but it's like, oh, you make so much money. Why do you have to have that extra fee? Uh, that's true. It is kind of competitive, but there's really only <clears throat> like two or three credit card networks. So there's the Visa network, there's the MasterCard network, and there's the American Express network. There's, uh, There are globally some other networks, but uh, Visa absolutely dominates. And in fact, a lot of other networks are just leasing Visa. Uh, so that's where a lot of those fees come from, and it's actually not as competitive as it looks like to us. Real quick, only got about half a minute left. Uh, fees that are tacked on to insurance, uh, if you pay by mm -hmm. quarter, you get a, a larger fee. Mm -hmm. And again, this covers whatever the insurance company might have to do, the extra work, I guess? Yeah, so uh, a lot of times, yes, you can, if you prepay, you can save a little bit of money. Some of that is just if you prepay at all, they know they have that payment from you. They know that you're not going to skip out midway. Uh, if because they're covering you for six month or one year periods, so they do like to have the confidence of having that money ahead of time. Uh, they don't want you to get in a wreck and then be like, oh well, maybe I'll pay, maybe I won't. Um, so that's not uncommon. And and of course, them what they do, they take that money and put that in their investment pool, so they know they can get that money to work earlier. They prefer that. Thanks for listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. It's a production of MPB Think Radio, and it's funded in part by listeners. To hear today's show or a previous show, visit moneytalks.mpbonline.org or listen to the podcast by searching for Money Talks. For Ryder Taff, I'm Kevin Farrell. Join us Tuesdays at 9 for Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Our fall and our fundraising campaign is on, and we're asking you to give for the love of Mississippi. If you have a few minutes to spare right now, it's important that we hear from you. at your vehicle, think of MPB. Need to get rid of your ride? Donate it by calling 877-MPB-4-CAR. Need to have some work done on your truck? Listen to AutoCorrect Thursdays at 10, Saturdays at 11. An MPB license plate reminds you that MPB is with you wherever you go. Go to your county office and ask for an MPB car tag. MPB and cars, better together. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.